Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Welcome back to another meeting of the Gold Key Adventurer Society. My name is Dan Leonard, and joining me tonight in the studio is Heather Strait. Hello. Jess Evans. Hey. And Jeff Williams. (laughs) Glad to be here, brother. (laughs) Our show, as always, is brought to you by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no-obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Some of y'all might remember a few weeks ago that Jeff and I talked a little bit about the uh, super hyper attention to detail that uh, Walt Disney Imagineering uses when they're planning planning every little bit of the parks and resorts. Parks and resorts. Parks and resorts. This often results in elaborate backstories that most guests aren't even aware exist. They say that it helps them to create a more richly detailed and better themed environment. So I wanted to share... With you guys, a few backstories of some Walt Disney World resort hotels, and uh, we can talk about it a little bit, see if maybe knowing these stories actually adds anything at all to your impressions and experience of this day. I don't do impressions. <laughs> That's a lie. Not good ones. Do your best one right now. Thank you. Ouch. Gee, first. We're going to... Clear the air here a little bit. Uh, we're going to start with kind of the least involved one. I'm going to take you to the Yacht and Beach Club. Okay. Uh, did, you, did you know that there's a backstory to the pool at the Yacht and Beach Club? The Storm Along Bay? I had no idea. Tell me more. Legend, there's, if, if you look at the statue, uh, there's a statue of the, actually don't. Didn't there's it have the to shipwreck. do with a shipwreck because of a syphilis breakout? I don't think that's it. I don't know if it's about syphilis, but there is uh, there is the shipwreck out in front of the resort. And uh, so a lot of the resorts used to hand out a newspaper that would have information about the daily schedules and they make it look like a newspaper. Mm-hmm. I remember Along with that. all that detail, they would have story stuff for the hotel. It's good for wrapping fish in too. <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite use. Legend has it that a gigantic sailor named Stormalong came along some time ago right. and took these parts by storm, running his great ship aground where Stormalong Bay now stands. His mighty vessel plowed into the shoreline in a fierce nor'easter, wow. tearing into the sand and creating the pools and waterways of Stormalong Bay. You can still see his great ship with its proud mast piercing the sky 150 feet into the air. It now hosts an exciting waterslide which plummets into three acres of pools, including a snorkeling lagoon, a lively lagoon featuring whirlpools and water spouts, and a tranquil lagoon for relaxing. A snorkeling lagoon? This, this is from when there is... Yeah, that's... I don't from think that... Where's the snorkeling lagoon? Is that something that it's, is it's no longer there? there? 
Yeah. Yeah, this is from when the resort first opened. Okay. This is interesting because I always thought it was based on the story of Captain Yacht and Beach, but (laughs) the fabled pirate that we all know. (laughs) I be Yacht and Beach. Yacht and Beach. (laughs) Looks like Yacht and Beach has had his way with me beach. I've never stayed or been anywhere (laughs) near... Pools there is there, is there really? still a lagoon with whirlpools and water spouts yes. in it? Yes, that is yeah, still yeah. there. That's there's a lazy river. Yeah, I mm-hmm. suppose you could snorkel in it. And that the little <laughs> section that uh, with the whirlpools was always my kids' favorite when they were younger. Yeah. They just get sucked into it and then spits that you is back my out and, as well. Yeah, but the snorkel I can't even picture where the snorkeling I, lagoon used to be. I'd I wonder, love did to they know. Have, like fake sea life tethered to the ground. Like in the twenty thousand leagues attraction that you it is there is a whole section of it that's sandy bottomed and there's a sandy beach. I'm googling. Maybe it it. was over there. Yeah. (laughs) My question is: Do you you have a deeper appreciation for the pool? I really do. I'm going to be staying there in a few days, so I'm going to go and and check out the Captain Stormalong's ship to where it has run aground. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. They split the yacht and yacht club and beach club. It's two sections of pool. I wonder if one of those used to have that in it. Yeah, true. I don't know. Like I said, that was from bef- far before my time. Well, I was alive, but I was not a Disney going <laughs> person there. But next, we're going to head over to the Coronado, Coronado Springs Resort, which has its own backstory for how it came to be there. Dr. <laughs> Vincent things- Springs. <laughs> Seriously, all these things apparently happen centered right around uh, Orlando, Florida. It's Mr. Cory Nado. Yeah. We're all familiar, of course, with the story of the explorer Francisco de Coronado, who left Mexico in 1540 looking for the fabled seven cities of gold. Yeah. Duh. I aced that quiz in <laughs> history class. Uh, yeah. Coronado Springs was founded. It's apparently actually a city or a town founded by the descendants of a Spanish explorer named Juan Francisco, who uh, went searching for gold in 1569, and he stumbled upon the ruins of a 46-foot-tall Mayan pyramid. I've seen that pyramid there. I had no idea it was built by the Mayans. Wow. Yeah. Little did they know the children would climb it later. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be turned into a feature pool. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that pyramid served as a, as a place for uh, religious ceremonies in the center of the lake for the Mayans who lived there. Any like human sacrifices? sacrifice? Yeah, <laughs> I right? can only assume that's that's what happened there. The pyramid is covered with uh, the carvings, the blood depicting of religious the sacrifice things. virgins. <laughs> yeah, and there's even Mayan symbols that that's are the into the bottom oh, right. of the pool. <laughs> this sounds uh, like so, good old wholesome. Disney entertainment for families. We may uh, be embellishing well, the story a little bit. It's okay. They worship yeah, the three think... caballeros. So that, yes. they, those were their gods. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the, the virgin sacrifice might have been. Yeah, that probably. How does uh, but, what but, Jeff calls the Despacito Tower, how does that feature into this legend? I don't think, I don't think that's included in the original document. Yeah. But there is an official document from within Imagineering that says hundreds of years later, after he went exploring, his descendants found his maps and decided to 
mount their own expedition and they liked the area so much that they built houses and put down roots and that's yeah. where <laughs> their houses apparently became gigantic hotel buildings. and a convention and the center where fa- famous explorer <laughs> dr luis funzi feet justin bieber <laughs> built the despacito <laughs> tower yes that's what it is yeah yeah there's not really a fancy backstory for despacito tower it's just uh <laughs> it's just you got to watch that weird cartoon that, that is the Grand Destino Tower for any listeners who would like to stay at the oh, Coronado Springs Resort. My, my favorite. It is yeah. one of my favorite resorts. And that, it's the best moderate for oh, sure. That tower is like I, a deluxe hotel. It's gorgeous. Yeah. If you had the sky buckets land there, that would oh, be my favorite. This I is wish they did. Like yeah. Riviera, but if they would just put the. Mm-hmm. What do they call those things? The Skyliner. Skyliner. I believe the original plans said Sky Bucket. That what they originally called them? Captain Louis Fonzi. I'm telling you, if the Skyliner went all the way out there, I would just alternate between Coronado and Riviera. Mm -hmm. So great. Some someday they need to expand it. And it could. It goes right by there. Yeah, and I I like staying there because I always have a car, but it is a little bit further out you don't have any special cool transportation if you don't have a car you're taking a bus i don't do buses anymore but (laughs) (laughs) that's just me one of those disney guests that's Um, right so again my question is just knowing the story about uh, the mayan virgin blood sacrifices that took place in the middle of the swimming pool absolutely 100 (laughs) percent oh yeah anyway I think it's funny that they think they need a backstory because no one's ever like, how did this get here? They don't they really do that. Like, oh, it's my yes. themed. They don't yeah. really do that anymore. So, oh, for the most it, part, the Blizzard Beach, the crazy yeah. backstory that a freak snowstorm hit and, I said, and then melted. We have the, and yeah. it melted, but now there's like a, an ice gator who lives there. <laughs> <laughs> We, Did the alligator we, I, get frozen and he just stayed frozen? That part yeah. I don't quite get. Uh, yeah, but I think I th- we could definitely spend some time in another episode talking about some of the like the, the water parks. Yes. There's a lot of weird backstories, even in the modern stuff at Disney Springs. Um, definitely. I'm pretty sure that even like the mini golf courses have weird yes. backstories. Yeah, Winter Summerland is my there. favorite. Yeah. What you got next on the resort? Next, we're going to throw it to a commercial break, and I'm going to say stick around, because after the commercial break, we're exploring the backstories of Disney's Wilderness Lodge Sweet. and the Port Orleans Resort. This, this is where it gets really crazy, so you're going to want to come back to this. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your key to the world travel vacation planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the world travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, 
Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Welcome back. So, so those first two stories, they weren't too involved. They didn't get too crazy. I wanted to ease you into this world. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get a little bit. The Mayan sacrifices were mild. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, we kind of think yeah, we had those that's true. That's true. So this is, again, this is a series of stories that played out in those newspapers that they handed out at the resort. And they had lots and lots of issues. And the backstory for Wilderness Lodge starts to get really involved to a degree that I think... I love the Wilderness Lodge, so I'm here for it. Lay it up. The newspaper was titled The Silver Creek Star. And according uh, to The Silver Creek Star, the valley in which which the hotel is located, was discovered by Colonel Ezekiel Moreland in the early 1800s. I thought it was going to be Ezekiel Lodge. <laughs> I think that would be much better. <laughs> His middle uh, name is the, Wilderness. The valley, <laughs> the valley where Wilderness Lodge is located is officially known as Silver Creek Springs. He later came back with his daughter, Jenny, and a her friend, a young Austrian artist named Frederick Alonso Gustav what who wanted to wow. capture and painting the new frontier of the West. Uh, there's a whole backstory to Moreland about how he was a veteran of the War of 1812, and there's a whole bunch of stories about his oh exploring that went on. He loved the area so much that he, he spent his fortune that he had amassed by being a very successful beaver trapper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've had pretty good luck in that department myself. Uh, yeah. He decided to spend that wealth to build a lodge next to the hot spring. Hot springs. At Silver Creeks. Yeah. So there's also part of this backstory covers where artist point the restaurant came from. Gustav, you might remember him. What was it? The Austrian. Gustav. Gustav yes. artist. Yeah, he he was standing on a he discovered a a cliff up on above where the main lodge buildings were that had a very scenic overlook for painting and it was his favorite spot to go out and paint and oh. other artists would start to join him up there to create paintings and then they decided to build a restaurant right on that spot. It's now called Artist Point. I did wonder why it was called Artist Point. Unfortunately, that's, that story does have a sad ending, though, because unfortunately, Gustav was killed when he tried to cook a chicken in one of the geysers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I read about that. We've learned that you shouldn't do that. There's a backstory about old Georgie, the cook, who cooked there. This is like a soap uh, opera. It's got so many characters. It I don't really know. is. It's there's like an MCU lot. film. There's I can't keep up. <laughs> the California. There's a tribe of... There's a tribe of Native Americans that come in, and what? it's 
<laughs> is this a musical? They tell <laughs> them, they give them information about the geyser out there at Geyser Point, and it's what's the geyser's name? Fire Rock Geyser. Is tell the them it would be of... a great place to build a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Colonel learned the legend of the Fire Rock Geyser from the native elder known as Running Elk. And I don't want to get too much into here because I don't want to. Was this backstory written in the before times? Yeah, it was written in the before times when we weren't culturally sensitive as we are now. I sure am. But there's that there. And man. So this was just Silver a lot Creek that's Canyons. going on here. Yeah. Uh, there's even Why is like, it Copper Creek a... Villas and Cabins? Hmm. I don't if know. If it's on the Silver know, Creek. But the Imagineers even came up with. I can't find it in this. Maybe they found both kinds of metals in them, thar hills. Fair, probably. Where there's copper, there's silver, right? I always say that. Yes, I never you knew do. what you meant. But that's what you're known for. There's, there's a backstory <laughs> for, for, the boat, for the rental hut where you could rent boats to go out on the lake. There's, and they had this all plotted out in these newspapers that hand out. And apparently they didn't think to save any copies, so... People have pieced this together from stuff that nerdy collectors like us have kept over the years. But someone like... should put out a book. Yes, Dan yeah. Leonard. Uh, that Jim Corcus guy has already done that. But I would love to also. And I'll... So that's Wilderness Lodge. And my question is, how much of that? How much of that do you really feel resonating within the walls of that building or that resort at this point? Yeah. I love that hotel. It's like one of my favorites. I've never had a single bit of that kind of come through in any way when I've stayed there. I yeah. feel that with most of their major backstories, like you get what they're, that's an almost replica copy of the Yellowstone Lodge. Yeah. But I don't know that, yeah. that backstory stuff doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I like that they do it. I like it more in the theme parks, I guess. Yeah. But on the original rides in the theme parks, like the all the SEA stuff, I love all that. The Explorers and Adventures, that stuff's awesome, but I don't need to know why this hotel's here. (laughs) Yeah, no. And the, the amount of time and money that they spent developing this stuff, could that have been shifted in the budget to maybe move up? Yeah. I feel like they the probably have a bunch of, by. and we know one, one of our Imagineer acquaintances is was a writer who wrote that kind of stuff. So I feel like they had these people on staff. They weren't building new rides and theme parks. They're like, mm-hmm. right, right about this. Yeah, and people are, there are people that are crying that all the new hotels that they're building don't have the theming and all that. And yeah, I'm I'm like, that's fine. It's where I'm staying if. I would rather they they divert that creativity to the parks. Mm -hmm. This last one, Port Orleans, takes it a little step farther than Wilderness Lodge even went. And plus it adds that questionable cultural sensitivity kind of thing that we we briefly mentioned there. Because remember that Port Orleans used to be known as Dixie Landings. Right. Yes. No, it's just called Landings, like the Dixie Chicks. Through the, the pair of pair of, of newspapers there, they had the uh, the Sasagula Sentinel and the Sasagula Times at, at each of the resorts there. And uh, it, it details the story that it's just a whole lot. Colonel J.C. Peace came up from, and his brother Everett Peace, 
P-E-I-C-E. They decided to get away from the hustle and bustle of New Orleans and they went outside, went out to the wilderness. And Everett was a crazy old man who wanted to be a hermit. And he found an (laughs) island in the middle of what later became Alligator Bayou. And he would live there whittling tiny carvings. I think we've uh, covered him in our weird destinations portion of the show, haven't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. Was that the guy with the dolls on the All right, yeah. He's like, Doll heads yeah. and wood carvings. <laughs> yeah. So the children thought he was really cool, though, and they would brave the alligator-infested waters to go and visit him, and he went from carving tiny little figurines old man to, making, so cool. <laughs> to making slides. <laughs> making shit to do around and, there. <laughs> and playgrounds and stuff for them, and, and that's where uh, that's where Old Man Island, the Oh, yeah. And the sawmill for the play area at the pool there. Yeah, the pool play area came from. There's an actual old Uh, man. Okay. Eventually, first they filled up, the bayou filled up with settlers who liked the rustic lifestyle, but then richer folk came to the area and they're the ones who built up the Magnolia, that's a Magnolia Terrace, the the fancy buildings there. So is this the only Disney resort that's experienced gentrification? Or has this <laughs> so, happened yeah. anywhere else? <laughs> I wish my seat yep. didn't look like a washboard. I want yeah. white columns. <laughs> These are the fancy country bears. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Buford Honeyworth III married <laughs> Colonel J.C. Peace's daughter, Sarah, in 1853, and they founded the Cess. I'm sorry, I'm Southern. I'm offended by these names. <laughs> she was a beautiful piece. <laughs> they founded the, the profitable Sassicola Steamboat Company. So there's where that comes in. And then there's this batshit insane story. It sounds like uh, the Six Flags level storytelling, like Lick Skillet. I'm surprised when they split the hotels, they didn't just name it a separate piece. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I honestly can't cover this entire story, even if we devoted two episodes to it. There's 20 very long newspaper articles that tell the whole story of wow. every single building in the resort, every single spot, there's a story why there's the mill outside of the main building there. But then I, I just wanted to cover this story about how that water slide got into the pool at French Quarter. The dragon? Yes, the dragon. So, parents, you know how parents tell stories to their kids to to keep them from misbehaving you, you got stories about like how... the bible <laughs> i was thinking yeah, sure. more about like, the like little... hansel and gretel don't go into the woods or yeah. you're gonna get eaten by a witch oh, yeah. uh, or I how... in the 80s it was very special episodes of like different strokes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. danny tanner or, got it or, or like black peter in, uh, in yes where was that denmark you, jeff didn't you put a Santa Claus figurine on Wyatt's shelf. <laughs> on his dresser. Santa Claus is watching you. If you don't sleep through the night, you're not getting anything. <laughs> yeah. So the parents of the settlement wanted to keep their children away from the bayou so that they wouldn't get eaten by snakes and alligators. So in order to frighten their children away from playing in the bayou, they started telling a story of a giant serpentine monster that lurks be- nice. beneath the surface of the dark, still waters, waiting to eat children. Oh, no. Many people, yeah. they, it was said, met their demise while wandering in the, mer- in the swamp. 
<laughs> Some of the older children were not frightened by the myth, so a group of fathers decided to do something to scare them. Oh in, a cabin near the <laughs> in a cabin near the bayou, the men constructed a large dragon-like serpent made of chicken wire and bed sheets. They painted it with whatever <laughs> they could find. So the finished product was a horrendous-looking multicolored contraption that took 16 men to operate. When the unsuspecting children arrived at the bayou, the serpent emerged, howling, screaming, and chasing the children all the way back to town. Did it breathe? I, no, but each year they dragged it back out to be the final float in their Mardi Gras parade to end to remind... That's what I figured. It was based on a Mardi Gras parade yeah. float. Yeah, to remind the children to stay away from the bayou and now scales the bayou dragon has become a permanent fixture at Dubloon Lagoon. Its name is Scales. Yes. It's very creative. I have I to say, mission, mission accomplished because we just stayed there and my son was so creeped out by every <laughs> single statue in that entire resort. We Every time we swam, we went to Riverside mainly because he hated <laughs> that statue so much. He was just like, it's ugly, it's creepy, I don't want to, let's just go back to Riverside. I'm like, oh. Which statue? The dragon thing? Every statue at French Quarter. And all the statues at French Quarter, because we stayed there. All the little, they have Mardi Gras statues. I've never been there. Well, yeah, that's the end. There's a jester. Oh, yeah, that jester. There's a jester. jester, yeah. And then there's a human, like, face on the inside of the lobby, and he just hated it. Every time he's just, <laughs> those are so ugly. They're freaking me out. I don't like them. It is a little so, unnerving at night when you were walking, being your kids. walking through and you see the giant gator standing there. They're weird looking, yeah. Hmm. I love that resort, but I really don't like the, they've toned it down from what it used to be. Like before their, the refurb, they had a lot more creepy giant masks in the, in the dining area, mm-hmm. just hanging over you while oh, you yeah. ate Mickey waffles. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't yep. supposed to be the building where they made the Mardi Gras floats. Yeah, it's Correct. the float works. Yeah. I've never French Quarter stayed there sometimes. Love French Quarter. I've stayed at the Riverside. Other side. Yeah. yeah, French Quarter is great because it's tiny. It's probably like one of the smallest resorts. Mm-hmm. It's on very property. walkable and it's quiet. It's it feels like a very adult resort. It doesn't feel very Disney. It just feels really nice and quiet with the murder statues. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, there's are few and far between. So there's more fountains than anything. They have eight million fountains at that resort, mm-hmm. like the classic New Orleans courtyard fountain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, at every building, there's three fountains around it. Yeah. Three coins in a fountain. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm going to link in our show notes to the backstories for, for especially Wilderness Lodge and. Port Orleans. That one is very involved. And if you've got some time... Do they have a backstory for Pop Century Resort and why there's giant bowling pins? <laughs> That's just a value. They don't need to put that much effort into... <laughs> yes. People will uh, stay there. Aliens. All-star movies happen. What other story do you want? <laughs> yeah, simple Shut folk up. can't uh, process that level of symbolism and storytelling. But yeah, and, and honestly, like the article that I was browsing through to try to tell you all of that nonsense, it probably took too long to tell. It, if I read the whole article, it would be a good 25 minute read. And that's a condensed version down from all of the material that's in the newspapers that they handed out wow. to guests. That was an imagine, at least one Imagineer who that was their job. They, they just put their heart a, into it. Yeah. They just took a button of peyote and wrote up a hotel story. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So there's the backstories to a few of those crazy old hotels there. I wish that they handed out newspapers like that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think I'm. I think I'm one of the rare people. When did they stop that? They still hand out. Oh wow! They still have boards. They have. Yeah. Within at least recent times, they were handing out a version of the newspaper, but it didn't have all the fictional stories. It just had plain facts and information. Said, yeah. For I feel like I remember the things talking about what's going on at the resort. Yeah. They just don't put a story with it anymore. Not. Telling me back when Colonel Quickie Mart first discovered. <laughs> they laid off some Imagineers. Falls. Yeah. Admiral Pop started this place. <laughs> yeah. He was a hundred years old. <laughs> they called him Pop Century. So we'll have to. Art E animation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to dig into some of the backstories of some of the other spots and see if we can find some of the craziness. There's a lot. In Disney Springs, yet to cover. Colonel Bertrand Contemporary <laughs> discovered this land. How many of Grand Flo? That was just her name, Grand Flo. <laughs> yeah. How many more wacky Southern names can we come up with to tack onto a hotel? <laughs> Bertrand Contemporary. You know? Bertrand's a good strong name. <laughs> Uh, I'm making a t-shirt. I can't wait to see. There's only one that's named after royalty, though, the Animal King. (laughs) (laughs) He bears a striking resemblance to Rob Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff got excited at that one. Uh, Yeah, We'll definitely have to dig into some of the backstories and some of the other stuff around the resorts and see what the most insignificant thing with the most overblown backstory on property is. Maybe I can even convince you guys that Dino Land USA is actually one of the greatest masterpieces of Walt Disney Imagineering. <laughs> because it is. Wow. It's I like the whole crappy amusement park in a parking lot. There's a point. There's a reason. I like to be reminded of what was going to be a really cool land before the economy tanked. Ah, there's a reason. It's all story. And nobody knows, so it's mm-hmm. pointless. Story. <laughs> of money. <laughs> Major Nathaniel T. Dinosaur and his brother <laughs> traveled there with his wife Beulah Beulah Q <laughs> Tyrannodon <laughs> Jebediah Discovery his best friend Star original of Pandora <laughs> <laughs> Everybody stop listening. I know. This might be the funniest part of this episode. We'll keep it rolling. That's fair. It's going on the Patreon. <laughs> Which was started by Lieutenant Colonel Patreon Bougeot. <laughs> thanks for. Thanks for Thanks for hanging out with us again this week. <laughs> if you're excited to experience the astounding level of detail, the astounding level of detail and storytelling in a Walt Disney World Resort hotel, or explore anywhere else around the world, Key to the World Travel has a resort hotel complex located on a 200-acre lagoon full of expert travel planners ready to make your vacation dreams a reality. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com to get started with a no-obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the Theme Park Professor, for all the latest theme park news and tips at www.themeparkprofessor.com. 
Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow our show. If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globe-trotting jackassery, tell them what makes our show so great and send them our way. You can find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite apps and all the latest updates at www.goldkeyadventures.com. Can't wait to hang out with you again next week, and we'll see you real soon. Bye, y'all. Are you guys familiar with the backstory for Flo's Via Cafe? <laughs> I'm not. It's actually so modeled after the great explorer Wilhelmina Via, who was an enthusiast of airplanes. The inventor of the porta potty <laughs> To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the gold key adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song, Hoka Hey, for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.